It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, November fourteenth, two thousand and thirteen. Thank you for being a part of the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is back. Hello, Dad. Welcome back, Jacob. Great to be with you again on the Virtual Bible Study. Hopefully, going to be sitting here for the next many weeks in a row without interruption. You know, I've been missing you a lot here lately. Well, it's been crazy lately. Is it something I said? Yeah, but I'm going to get over it, and I'm going to try to be here for it. This last month has been pretty crazy around here, but we we are settled in. We've also, the craziness has been uh, magnified by virtue of website issues uh, and podcasting issues that we've been trying to work through, Uh, and we, we still are not getting our podcast into the hands of our previous subscribers, well, and we're still having some trouble with that, so hopefully we'll work that out. And I, I need to say thank you to, to you for putting all this together, because you've been, you've been racking your brain. Well, it's just a crazy little glitch. Anthony's behind the, Anthony, have you ever tried to do a website? It is not as easy it, as you would think. Yeah, it's really not. I have done some. It's been years and years ago, uh, but... Yeah, it's well, the probably website, changed so much now. Yeah, but. the website construction is not that difficult. They're, they're pretty intuitive tools to use. Our problem has been trying to get a glitch with our podcasting ironed out, and we and I, I'm not sure we've got it figured out. We definitely don't have it figured out yet. What, what's that? No, I just say I don't know anything about the the whole podcasting thing. Kind of blows my mind. I don't know how. It See, works. I can do that. That's no problem. <laughs> but this is the whole addressing thing, the domain name server, and all this jazz. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's kind of it's it's annoying. It's just yeah. absolutely annoying. Yeah. And we were we were just clicking along just with no troubles, and then our buddy Phil Hunt decided to go out of business, and he threw us he threw us into the deep water without any life jacket. Oh yeah, that's true. So but I've uh, been impressed. You've yeah. done a good job. No, right? it's it, it, and our website is still obviously very uh, rudimentary. Uh, we're going to add content once we decide that we can stick with this format, and we don't have to scrap it and go a different direction. To get this podcasting thing straightened out, so we're, we're working on that, and we appreciate the patience. We got—I I do think uh, from from the little bit of feedback I'm getting that during the live program, our our content is more viewable to more people on smartphones and tablets and so forth. That's good, and we're still having trouble with the podcast. We may get that fixed tonight, still, um, but uh, we appreciate your patience on that. Uh, that may the may. Ch- that, that uh, setup may change just a little bit, but if it does, we'll let you know. Yeah, we may there. have to. We may have to throw all of our throw all our subscribers to the wolves and start over again. Well, we can't do that. We're going we're to we're try our best. Yeah. All right. Okay. Tonight. You know, we I, I, I was looking through uh, past programs and topics we've covered, and I think I discovered a, a hole in our coverage. A hole in our coverage. Yeah, there's something that we have not touched on in eight plus years of of uh, of. Uh, virtual Bible studies, studies, and it, it's the problem of pride. And, uh, you know, this is a universal problem. And this, this is a situation that all of us have to deal with continuously. And so we've never really talked directly about pride, the problem of pride, and, and what the Bible has to say. The Bible has a whole lot to say on the subject of pride. Mm-hmm. Our listeners thought we were we thought we were too good to talk about it. <laughs> no, that's not the case. Okay. But, but it is. A, I, it's, not, it's not one of those hot topic Controversial it's not real controversial. I don't know anybody in the religious world today says uh, we need more pride. Yeah, pride's good. Get we need it. Pride. Yeah. Uh, nobody's saying that. Everybody's on the same page. We understand yeah. it's a problem, but it is a Bible subject that needs to be discussed, and, and in our personal lives, we need to address it. Before we get to that, though, Jacob, you might tell us about next week's program, which might be a little more controversial. Yeah, next week uh, we have uh, scheduled a uh, Methodist uh, preacher, or I, I think he's a bishop, as, as in the ter- in the Methodist Church. He is, Anthony, I don't know if you've seen this in the news, he is planning to marry, he's from Nashville, he's planning to marry a uh, 
two men in Alabama, homosexual oh. marriage. No, I hadn't he heard is, about that. Uh, he's going against the grain even in the Methodist yeah, Church. Yeah, he, he's going to be violating Methodist Church policy when he does it. But he's willing to do that. He's sticking his neck out on the line. We want to talk to him about that and uh, how he reconciles the teachings of the Bible with uh, the idea of, of homosexual marriage. All right, that should be real interesting. Yeah, we'll so look forward to that next week, yeah. Lord willing, on the virtual Bible study. Right. Tonight we're going to talk about pride. Again, it's not a controversial subject. We all understand it's a bad thing. We need to avoid it. I, I could introduce this, Jacob, by uh, calling to mind my own grandmother, who for all of her life, if any of us ever said something about I'm proud of this or I'm proud of that, she would stop you in your tracks. She wouldn't really? let you finish your sentence. And she would advise us that, the pride is never mentioned in a favorable way in the Bible. Okay. And so she would just insist that you not even use that term, regardless of your intended meaning. She just thought it was bad. If pride is condemned in the Scripture. No doubt about it. And we're sort of going to touch on some of those questions tonight about yeah. how to use that term. Yeah. So here's the questions we sent out earlier today to our update list. Our update list is still working. Oh, that far, still works. As far as I know. We, we got this email thing down. Yeah, as far as we know, email still works, yeah. and we haven't had any problem with that. Uh, and, in fact, we even have our email forwarding working so that our our re, uh, feedback address is, once again, questions at collegeview.com. Seamless transition. Seamlessly. Yes. Uh, so questions at collegeview.com is how you talk to us on email. Uh, and this is the, the 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 set of questions that we sent out earlier today to our update list. Number one, list Bible verses which warn about pride and boasting. Number two, what spiritual dangers result from pride? Number three, is there any sort of boasting that is good? Number four, what about the expression, I take pride in my work? Okay. And then also... An expression, probably, I think, where I hear it most often, I'm proud of my family. I'm proud of my children. Yes. Uh, what about that sort of okay. emotion or, or concept? And then finally, and I think this is sort of a related topic, not directly uh, associated with pride, but what's the difference between praising someone and flattering someone? And yeah. and, and that's just loosely connected to the idea of pride. Could we Could, could pride be involved in excessively bragging about some not not self but someone else uh praising them inordinately maybe even crossing over into the line of flattery uh we, we want to talk about that at the end of the program all right we'll look forward to your comments on those uh questions tonight the way you participate listening to us live is 877-381-4567 or the chat room to the bottom of your video window and if you're listening to us in the recorded version or if you're listening to us live, that email address, again, is questions at collegeview.com. As we look at uh, the problem of pride, certainly it is a, a serious problem. You ask in the first question, number one, list some verses that Bible verses that warn about pride and boasting, and we could spend the entire program on question one without any difficulty at all. Yeah, just the sheer volume of passages in the Bible that, that discuss pride Tim in the chat room is already saying he, he thinks he he sees maybe one verse where pride is not in a negative viewpoint, uh, and that may be, and we can look at that verse later. But, of course, the overwhelming majority, uh, perhaps without exception, maybe with a rare exception, pride is used in a negative way. I've got a list of verses from the Proverbs. I mean, the, the Proverbs are loaded with verses about this. Let me read a, a few of them quickly. Probably the one that's best remembered is Proverbs 6, beginning verse 16. These, thing, these six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Yes. But it starts out with a proud look. Yes, Randy in uh, Schwartz Creek, Michigan, and uh, Anthony, who is behind the board tonight, uh, both submitted that that verse. All right. So that and that's a well-known one. We we reference it a lot. Yes. Let me give you a few more from the Proverbs real quickly. 11:2 When pride comes then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. Okay. 13:10 By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Yes. 14:3 In the mouth of a fool is in the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise will preserve him. Yes. 1525, the Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. 165, everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Yeah, Randy had that uh, one. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. Yes. 
Pride, uh, 16, 16, 16, 18. Yeah, that's a famous one. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Yep, Anthony, Randy, and Ramona sent that in tonight. 21, 4, a haughty look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked are sin. Mm-hmm. And finally, 29, 23, a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Wow. So there's just a ton of verses just there yep. in the in the book of Proverbs. Let's uh, look at some others. Anthony, you had some on your list. If you can get some of those ready, we'll at the uh, at the ready there. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm not not right now. Just in a minute, if you get a chance, uh, I want to look at some from Randy in Sports Creek, Michigan. He uh, submitted some again as uh, that you'd already mentioned. Uh, he also adds uh, Mark seven verses twenty and through twenty three. And as he was saying that 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 which proceeds out of the man, this is Jesus speaking. That is what defiles the man, from, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. So the word pride there, uh, that uh, is lumped with all these other things. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. And so we see there, uh, Dad, you see in Mark chapter 7, as Randy's pointed out, that pride is lumped in there with fornications, murders, adultery. And that's always thefts. amazing to me when we see a, a catalog listing of sins. Yep. That what's amazing to us is there's some horrible sins there. Yes. And then pride is in there. Yes. You know, we th- and we would tend to think, well, pride's not pleasant. You know, it's kind of a distasteful quality in a person if they're yeah. arrogantly proud. But, right. man, it's certainly not like sexual immorality, is it? Or murder. Or murder. But, yeah, in God's eyes it is. So He also references Obadiah 3. The arrogance of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rock and the loftiness of your dwelling place, who say in your heart, who will bring me down to earth? And so uh, the people there in Obadiah were... Uh, were proud and uh, thought that they didn't have anybody that they needed to reckon with. All right, and and then uh, we got some uh, verses sent in by our friend Ramona in Texas, who's been out of commission for a few weeks with some health issues, but she's back and says she's feeling better, and we're glad for that. And uh, she mentioned several of the ones in the Proverbs that we had mentioned, but then I think some real good ones from Romans 12. In Romans 12, verse 3, uh by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Uh, so don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. I, that very instruction implies that it's possible to do so, and we need to be on guard against sure, that. Sure. Uh, in the same chapter of Romans 12, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a problem uh, that we need to avoid. And then a verse that I think we'll we'll talk about more as we go along in our study from Philippians 2, verses 2 through 4. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Yes. So I think all of those are great verses from Ramona, and we appreciate her sending those in. Anthony, you got any at the ready that well, you, you had yeah. thought? One I could remember is not so much a, a verse, but just the, well, I mean, it's a verse, of course, but, um, you know, the parable of the the rich uh, farmer, if you will, uh, comes to mind in Luke chapter 12, where, you know, I mean, Jesus even said that he he was sort of teaching about covetousness, but the guy, I think, also was full of pride in himself and the things that he had. And he was he was sort of puffed up with yeah. his material goods. And, and of course, um, you know, that, verse 20 said God called him a fool. Um, you know, so he, he wasn't paying attention. His his priorities were out of whack, which I think we'll talk about later. And uh, that pride proceeded his destruction. Right. As Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says that it will. Uh, Randy also mentioned uh, Luke 18, 9 through 14. Yeah, I uh, want us to look at that a little okay. more carefully, right. the publican we'll and the Pharisee. Yeah. I came again, studying for this today, I came across what I thought was kind of an interesting statement in Jeremiah that I had I had a star by it in my Bible. So I, I when I came across that before, I, I thought that makes a good point, but I never had developed it. Prover- or excuse me, Jeremiah 9, Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. Now, the word glory there would be the idea of taking pride in these Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. 
But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Someone pointed out in verse 23, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. So that's mind power. Don't don't glory in your in your intellect. Yes. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. That's your physical strength. Yes. Don't glory in your strength. Don't, right. Don't be proud of your how strong you think you are. Right. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, and that's money power. So someone had broken this down. Don't be proud of mind power, muscle power, money power. Uh-huh. It uh, makes a pretty good point. It is. You know, the idea, I know everything. No one can tell me anything. That's pride of, of, of mind. Yeah. Uh, look at all that I have done with my own strength. Look what I have accomplished. Yes. Yes. That's, you know, in your in your pride, proud of your strength. And then look at all I have. Look at all I've accumulated. That's having pride in your money. And, and God advises take pride in none of those things. Yeah. And I think that is... Absolutely valuable advice for us. A- absolutely. Thank you for uh, for that uh, reference. Let's take a break, Jacob. Take a when break. we come back, let's look at the rich man. I mean, shoot the uh, Pharisee and the publican. Anthony, Luke 18. And Anthony, we should let's go quickly through your list of verses. We won't read them all, but you had Proverbs six sixteen through seventeen, Proverbs eight thirteen, Proverbs eleven verse two, Proverbs thirteen ten, Proverbs sixteen eighteen through nineteen, Proverbs twenty six. Look verse at all those 12. Proverbs. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew six five and six. Luke. Well, that, now that's from the be. Uh, see, no, no, that's from the Sermon on the Mount, not yes. not the Beatitudes section per se, but uh, that is from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew six. Uh, Matthew six. Where is it? Five, five and six. six. Five and six. Uh, and, telling us to pray when we pray. Be careful about our prayers. Uh, the same context when you when you give alms. Don't do it to be seen of men. The, the, the pride idea, Anthony. Right, Anthony's right. your list is extensive here. I can't, we can't go without mentioning them all. Luke twelve sixteen through twenty, Romans twelve three and verse sixteen, First Corinthians five verse two, First Corinthians ten verse twelve, Second Corinthians ten seventeen and eighteen, James four verse six, James four verse ten, First John chapter two verses. 16 and 17, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And Tim in the chat room, before we go to the break, Tim in the chat room said, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9 is a good verse. Not of works, lest any man should boast. God makes it clear it is his grace that saves and not your works that get you into heaven to prevent man from boasting that because of man's deeds, he can enter the kingdom. Good works are required, but by themselves they cannot get you into the kingdom. However, the lack of works can only keep you out. Thank you, Tim, for that good reference. Appreciate that. And, and, and he mentions also maybe a positive use of the idea of pride in Ephesians, excuse me, Galatians 6, verses uh, 5 and 6. Uh, verse 4 says, let every man prove. Uh, no, let me back up. This is Galatians 6, verse 3. If a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. That would seem to be the idea of self-pride. Yeah. But let every man prove his own work, and then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Uh, the word rejoicing sometimes is, uh, is synonymous with pride and maybe in that verse. But the idea of it is uh, make sure, do your own work, and then you won't have to trust in something else. All right. Well, it's, it's really talking about spiritual work there. All right. Let's take a break. We're overdue. And when we get back, we'll continue the discussion of pride. What are some spiritual dangers that can result from pride? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Send in your thoughts now and get online. We'll be talking to you on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after these messages. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Here's some quotes worth pondering. The man who removes a mountain begins by carrying away small stones. If not us, who? If not now, when? If you want to test your memory, try to recall what you were worrying about one year ago today. Seize the moment. Don't expect someone else to do something that needs to be done. Man, wish I'd said that. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program tonight as we talk about pride and the problems that are associated with it. Thank you for joining us on the program. And uh, we do think this is an important subject, one we haven't talked about so far on the program, but it is one that uh, (coughs) the Bible tells us very clearly is a serious danger. We need to look at it and be aware of it. 
before the break, we had mentioned a couple of times the story that Jesus told about the Pharisee and the publican. Let me read it real quickly. It's not long, powerful. Notice the reason why Jesus spoke the parable. Not every parable gives a meaning yeah. up front. This one does. He spake this parable. This is Luke eighteen nine. He spake this parable to certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So that was their problem. Okay. Two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed with himself, saying, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Mm-hmm. So he starts out by telling the reason why he's explaining the parable. And then at the end also, he em- he emphasizes, if you exalt yourself, there's pride, you will be brought low. But if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Mm-hmm. Uh Lots of sermons have been preached on that text, obviously. And the Pharisee's pretty amazing guy in a in a despicable sort of way uh he trusted in himself and this is this is borne out by the fact that in that prayer if you could call it a prayer he didn't ask god for anything didn't apparently feel he needed anything mm-hmm. he just enumerated his good qualities and yeah. what he thought was good about himself yeah um whereas the the publican humbled himself and acknowledged his sinfulness and so here we see a man with pride and and what it did to him, it yeah. deceived himself into thinking he needed nothing when actually he was in an undone situation with God. It was going to cost him his soul. And that's the same thing that can happen to us. All right. To look forward to your thoughts at 877-381-4567. You know, I, a guy was telling me yesterday about something. You know, pride can be one of those things that's in our life, and we don't realize damn, we don't realize that it's there or causing us harm. Do, do you remember um, back in the 60s, apparently shoe stores had uh, x-ray machines where you could stick your feet in there. You, you, get, you put your kids in the shoes, and then you stick them in this thing, and it was continuous x-rays, and you could look down through a, through a, a lens, and you could see how that. their toes were lining up in the shoes. And they thought this was a great idea. But then, you know, they're getting all this exposure to x-rays. I didn't know anything uh, about that. How yeah. long ago was it? This is back, they, they, they outlawed them in the 70s, I think. But it started back in the early 1900s. But, yeah, these, uh, wow. these things. So, you know, people thought, well, this is, this is no problem. We can do this. But they were, you know, exposing themselves to the dangers of, of x-rays. Same thing with pride. You know, I mean, we could have certain things, certain attitudes in our lives that are proudful. And we don't really recognize that they're, they're, they're causing us great spiritual damage, yeah, I think that's why there's so many instructions against pride and so many, um, you know, exhortations to humility and self-examination. And so it's something we have to be on constant lookout for. That's right. Let us know your thoughts. We look forward to hearing from you in the chat room tonight. Join in. Well, I'm getting an email from somebody we know, Jacob, uh, uh, in Mount Pleasant, who says not getting the program. Well, I think other people are. Apparently, if you're here, uh, if you're hearing us, I mean, we'd hear from him in the chat room. I think if we weren't, and the chat room seems to be full tonight, so we'll. If you don't hear us, you can let us know. If you hear us, you can let us know. I, you, I was able to pull it up on my phone. You copy. Quite good. You copy us. Yeah. All copy, right, copy. Roger. All right. Let us know if you're having problems on the program tonight. Spiritual problems, though, can result from pride. Uh, we had well, uh, uh, Randy in, in Michigan tonight, and. I'll tell you what, I'm glad I'm not with Randy tonight in Michigan. It's cold enough in Tennessee as it is. Psalm 118, or Psalm 18, verse 27, uh, Randy says, pride will bring one down. Uh, Psalm 18, verse 27, for you save an afflicted people, but haughty eyes you abase. And so uh, God does not uh, does not look favorably on those who are proud. A, a man's pride will bring him low, Proverbs 29, verse 23. A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit sh- will obtain honor. Matthew 23, verse 12. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted, Luke 14, over 11. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so a uh, man's pride will bring you down and bring you low. Uh, God resists the proud, James 4, verse 6, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, is okay. So appreciate those, uh, Randy. 
And Ramona in Texas says, "If what are the what dangers? What spiritual dangers result from pride?" She says, "If we show what great Christians we are in this earth and all that we do, our reward is only going to be here on earth, yeah. not in heaven." That would go to that text that Anthony suggested earlier from Matthew six, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, if you do your alms to be seen of men, you have your reward. If you say your prayers to be seen of men, you have your reward. If you fast to make yourself appear more righteous, you have your reward when yeah. men see you. Yeah. So if if we if we think we're great on earth, then then we have our reward. She goes on to say, we get a holier than thou attitude toward other Christians and God, and God will deal with us for our haughty attitudes. We start to trust our own insights rather than God's. We do not give God the credit that's due him. We start to think that blessings come as a result of our good works instead of from God's sovereign hand. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that is good. Oh, one more. She says, we would lose our, we would lose by our lack of vigilance and obedience. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I'm catching that just right. But anyway, several good points there from Ramona. Okay. And Anthony, Anthony t- tell us what you were thinking. Yes, with yours. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing with, I think that's where I was referencing um, Peter. The, yeah, yeah, Peter. I mean, to me, that's got to be one of the just the biggest, um, you know, contradictions, I guess. Not really. But, you know, Peter said at the Last Supper, you know, Jesus talking about how that, you know, that the, his followers would forsake him and so forth. And Peter said, no, you know, I, I'll never deny you. I'll never be offended by you. And then, of course, we know that later he he denied Christ and uh, and we're all familiar with that episode. But to me, that just shows, you know, he was so sure and so confident that he would never fall. Um, and it's just a classic example of, of pride going before the fall. Sure, sure. And, you know, just when we when we're so confident in ourselves, then uh, we're not looking for, you know, we're not ready for temptation. We're, we're feeling invincible and we, you know, we may not, we may be caught off guard by, by sin and temptation. Um, and, you know, it's also thinking about how that, uh, you know, when we, when we're prideful, it's usually because things are going well, we've got, you know, our health is good, we're, our income is good, we're doing fine, and we tend to not, we tend to forget about God. You know that is exactly where I was headed. Deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, is, a, is a, a long discourse on that problem where God tells the children of Israel that he's getting ready to bless them abundantly physically, and he tells them the danger is uh, that uh, when uh, they get, all these blessings, they begin to think, Anthony, that they're the reason why that they got it with their might. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter, I'm t- sorry, Deuteronomy chapter eight is the passage I was alluding to. Uh, uh, in verse ten, when thou hast eaten and art full, thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which He hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping His commandments and His judgments and His statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou art, have, hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock. And it goes on, in verse 17, And thou say in thy heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant with which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. So the problem that the Israelites were warned against, and I think uh, the problem that they uh, later uh, gave into, was the idea of pride, that, uh, that they were responsible for all the blessings that they enjoyed, and they forgot God. Okay, I think that's exactly right. I, uh, that's the, sort of the gist of comment in the chat room by Jack in Hampshire, Tennessee. We're and Jack says he's getting the program in Hampshire, and that's sort of a worst-case scenario. If you can hear us in Hampshire, you can probably hear us anywhere. <laughs> so thank you, Jack, for that. Uh, Jack, I didn't say that. I, I'm, I'm okay. not, I'm not okay. insulting the okay. community okay. of Hampshire, okay. All right. but no. Jacob is. So I'm just, just kidding. Send your complaints and emails to yeah. Jacob. Uh, Jack says, we're commanded to humble ourselves before God in our mind, in our mind, our actions, and our relationships before before we have to be humbled by God in unpleasant ways. Right. One of the reasons that God hates prideful attitudes is that he knows proud people are unwilling to yield their will to his control. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, if you think about why is God so against pride, I think it's the idea that, you know, God, from God's perspective, he made us 
and he provides us with everything that we need. And if we pretend, if we ignore that fact and think that we've done it all and that we're some great and special thing, then, you know, to God, in God's eyes, that's like, who, you know, who do you think you are? Yeah. And, um, and, and, and when you boil it all down, what do you got to be proud about? Really nothing, you know, and, and it's amazing that God tolerates us at all when we demonstrate pride because we have nothing to be proud about. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we, we, I mean, just think how, fra- how fragile our health is. I mean, it, yeah. it, you just, I mean, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take anything, Anthony, for us to be in a vegetative state where we couldn't do anything for ourselves. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, okay. I got, I got some things to add to the list, but let's take our break and when we come back. I'm going to add some things to the dangers. I got a list of some things that I think are dangers of pride. All right. We'll take a break, get this week's bullet point, And when we get back, we'll hopefully hear from you. Let us know your thoughts, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Versa Bible Study continues right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. Recently, a new school term started, and so we're back in the business of teaching our children the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic. There are spelling words to learn, math problems to do, poster board projects to finish, and lunches to pack. As parents, we are concerned that our kids get a good education. We want them to be prepared for the future. We check to make sure that they have the necessary supplies, that homework assignments have been completed, and that tests have been studied for. We want them to do well, and we put forth a real effort to ensure their educational progress. This is as it should be. There's another kind of learning that's far more important than the book learning they receive at school. It's the knowledge of God and His revealed will. Yet we're concerned that many parents do not emphasize this as much as they do their schoolwork. This lack of emphasis is seen when students come to Bible classes unprepared. Their assignments are not completed, and they have no idea about the subject matter to be discussed. Some kids are frequently absent from the class. Students who miss as many as half of the class sessions are never going to gain much from these studies. And some students are not physically ready for class. They're present, but they've been allowed to stay up late Saturday night and can hardly keep their eyes open to study the Bible. As parents, we would not tolerate these things when it comes to our children's secular education. Why should we allow it in their study of God's Word? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program too. Gracias. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, and we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website. Uh, that is up and running for now, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, collegeview.com are both the addresses you can use to get in touch with us, find out more about us. We look forward to you investigating our website if you haven't been there yet. It is new, and you might find some things there that would help we're gonna you. We're going to add, uh, again, yes. and we're going to add more content yes. there once we are locked in that we can solve all our problems with this setup. But okay. we, we've, we've hesitated to do a lot of work adding content until we make sure we're good to go with uh, solving our podcasting problems we're gonna, with, with this setup. Yeah, we'll get all of the archives up there from the past eight years of the Verse Bible Study, and we're also hopefully going to get some sermons up there. Maybe uh, some sermons, some bulletin articles. Some bulletin articles. We can do it. We can add, we we can can add a lot of stuff there. Once yeah. we got some, a horse to ride on. That's right. That's all right. right. So we look forward to you checking that out. Uh, and if you've got any questions about uh, something you've heard or if you have a suggestion for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, uh, that email address works now, and it is rock solid, questions at collegeview.com. All right, and uh, I, I suggest before the break, I've got some things to add. Dangers that come through pride. Pride often serves as a motivator for other sins. Mm-hmm. Think about this. Go back all the way to the first sin of Eve in the Garden of Eden. What was it that caused her to eat the fruit? Oh, yeah. Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. seemed like there was pride there. It was, it was something desired. Something she, want, she wanted. She wanted the wisdom, the benefit she could gain by that, mm-hmm. even though God had forbidden it. Okay. So the, just an example, and probably could cite plenty more, that uh, sins, uh, pride serves as a motivator for other sins. Pride makes us oblivious to danger. Yeah. And we don't even, pride makes us think that we're not in danger. When in fact, as we quoted earlier from from Proverbs sixteen eighteen, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, 
we've got to be able to recognize the stumbling blocks that are out there that we might trip over, but we don't even see the danger uh, because we don't think we can be affected by it. Yeah, we're impervious so, so, to that. So it, okay. it puts us in, it makes us oblivious to danger. It makes us blind uh, to our own conditions and status before God. Uh, we read about the Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee yeah. was blind to his real status before was God. That, uh, was it the church at Laodicea that uh, thought exactly. they were so well? In, in Revelation 3, exactly. Okay. Uh, no, you got that up? Re- yeah, re- yeah Revelation. what they said about themselves. Uh, well, they said, uh, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. It even says they were blind. Yeah. So pride makes us bl- blind to our real condition before God. Mm-hmm. Pride makes us foolish. Uh, pride... Uh, Pride gives men a false sense of wisdom. They think they are wise. They deceive themselves into believing they are wise. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 18, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh taketh the wise in their own conceits. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Uh, So, you know... uh, we have a false sense of wisdom when we allow ourselves to be proud. We think we know more than we really do. It makes us, as has been mentioned several times, it, it makes us not willing to seek God's counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not looking to him for wisdom and strength. Uh, several things there that pride endangers us with. We get to thinking that we are better than others. Uh, we read already Philippians 2. Read that again in Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's that's a challenge right there. But we have to do that. If we're proud, we get to thinking we're better than others, more important than others. We get to thinking that our way is always right. Yes. Uh, And we get to thinking that we don't need to change. Yeah. You know, even the apostle Paul understood that he was in constant danger and had to keep working at being the person God wanted him to be. First Corinthians nine twenty seven, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to other men I may I myself should be a castaway. Yep. And so he saw a danger there that he had to stay on guard against. Pride makes us not even perceptive to the dangers and certainly not guarding against them. You mentioned, uh, I, I like what you said about uh, pride causes us to think our way is the best way, and that uh, that, that manifests itself in the matters of judgment well, because uh, I begin to bind my judgment on other people because I think, obviously, I'm much wiser and, and uh, more capable of making a decision of, about how they ought to do things in the realm of judgment. Yeah, and uh, how many times has trouble been caused in local congregations because of that? You know, very often... I would think almost always whenever there uh, are uh, problems in churches, you see pride as one of the root causes of it. Somebody yeah. somebody gets their pride up and they won't submit to the judgment of others and yep. you end up with a problem. Right. All right. Anthony, you see some dangers. No, I think, you know, I think Greg touched on uh, touched on a the high points there and some some of the same things i was saying i think that the key problem with to me with pride is it just is is as greg was talking about just the blinding effect that it it takes our eye off the ball and it it you know it's basically getting our priorities out of whack you know we're number one um and we no longer have god uh and at the center of what we're doing uh, because if we did, then we would be, you know, we wouldn't be in that prideful situation in this first place, you know. So um, it's, and, uh, you know, I think it's a good point that it's sort of a gateway sin. You know, we talk about gateway drugs, and yeah. uh, it's sort of a gateway yeah. sin. Yeah. So. Great. Very good. Uh, in the chat room, I see some of them are talking back and forth about God's chastening, you know, that. Yeah. That God may bring us low, not just in eternity, but in the in in our present life too, uh, and we don't have time to keep up with all that. It's a good, good discussion. But a good discussion about how to but, do it. But how the would point, God do that. You know, in the we Old don't Testament, know how he would do that in, in the Old Testament, we can say for sure that God did that. You know, when when, for instance, the nation of Israel yeah. became haughty and proud when they rejected God, 
We see him allowing their enemies to bring oppression upon them, even take them away in captivity. We know that was God's hand at work because we have inspiration telling us so. Since since the time of, of inspiration has ended and God's revelation is complete, you know, if something happened to somebody, let's say we knew a proud man and he began to suffer the consequences of his pride. Yeah. I think I've known instances like that. Right. Could I say with definite certainty God brought that man low by these circumstances that befell him? He was a very proud man and all this bad stuff happened to him and that was God doing it. No, I can't say that because we don't have the advantage of revelation now. But there's no reason to think God wouldn't do that today. right god god can god has god god certainly rules in the affairs of men right and he does that even though he's not working miraculously in the world today he could bring that to pass there. and but we couldn't identify it uh, because we don't have the advantage of inspiration and there uh, yes right um yeah i i agree with that that there God and, and there was some discussion about whether or not that would be a miracle if God was in, involved in things. It wouldn't be a miracle. That by definition, it's not a miracle. God, it would be God still having uh, pardoned things that are going on in the world today, but not in a miraculous. God can way. influence things or that, allow uh, things to happen, or allow things to happen right. without suspending the laws of nature right. to make right. it happen. Right. Okay, but again, right. we're sort of we're we're, we're delving into things off. that we that's, don't. That's the question of providence and miracles. Now we've talked about that in the past. And we can probably talk about that again in the future. That's not our topic tonight. Anthony's, but it's, it's Anthony's multitasking. He's getting in on that discussion. Well, Anthony, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a very good question and important, you know, uh, theological question, if you will. But, I mean, I, you know, biblical miracles, as I was saying in the chat room, are, are supernatural in, in nature. I mean, the suspension of the laws of, of nature. Right. Um, and, you know, without going too far into it, you know, the New Testament teaches that those that those miracles have ended. But God is still active in our in our lives. I mean, we've we've been talking about how, you know, in the book of Hebrews it talks about God chastening those that he loves. And so God is 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 working in our lives. But but as Greg, as you said, we can't necessarily, you know, in a court of law say, well, you know, God, I know God did that because we don't. We don't have that view, that hindsight, like we do in the Old Testament. We don't have any any way to prove that. But but the Bible tells us that that God is working in our lives through what we would call providence. Right. John says we're wading into murky waters here. We don't have all the answers, and that's uh, that is. Yeah. True. When it comes to matters of providence, we cannot say with certainty. And I, I think all of us as as Christians believe that God has answered prayers and brought things to pass in our lives that were were a blessing to us. We may have be, often do. We pray for this or that, and it happens, and you know we receive, you know, the answer to our prayer in a positive way, and we're blessed by it, and we have faith and confidence that God answered our prayer. But you could you couldn't prove that to an atheist if your life depended. Well, that's the nature of providence, but that's not our topic now. Anthony, but it's very. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say they're talking about you know God can cause something to come to pass without uh, you know through human free will. Uh, right. You know he can he can. You know, so it, it, it's not that God has to directly push a button and or pull a string or, a, you know, to make something happen. But through uh, his infinite wisdom and, and omniscience, you know, through our own free will, things come to pass yeah. that, you know, that may very well have, you know, been God's will. So. All right. Okay. Good deal. Okay. All right. We got to. We're going to have to move quickly here. We had uh, maybe we can cover this question real quickly. Is there question three was is there any sort of boasting that is good? And Anthony, I think you covered it when you said in your email. In my mind, not really. The closest thing I can think of would be a sort of boasting that we are saved by grace and love, and using that pride of sorts to share the good news with others. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul spoke along those lines. I got a couple of references here. Here, Second Corinthians chapter ten. Verses 17 and 18, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord, for not uh, for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. And so let your glorying, that word is synonymous with pride or pri- uh, being yes. proud, yep. boastful. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31 um, says, uh, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And finally, Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, beginning verse 3, Paul says, 
for we are uh, the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and, re- and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath wherever he might trust in the flesh, I am more. And he goes on to talk about how he had previously had his pride, his confidence in his Jewish ancestry, but now his rejoicing is in the Lord. Uh, and Tim in the chat room had referenced earlier Galatians chapter 6, verse 4, but let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone. And I not think, and I think that's the, the, this sense. Yeah. I think that's this sense. All right, I'm so sure. how do you explain it? I think that's what it is. I think, in other words, it's not boasting in what I have done myself. It's not it's what, boasting, boasting what God has done. Boasting in what God has accomplished. Okay. In other words, the praise, is, the praise in that goes to him, not to me. Yeah. I couldn't do it on my own. I, it's not, I'm not saved because of my own goodness, because yeah. of my own worthiness. I'm saved because God provided a, a, an amazing plan and made it power, empowered it all through the sacrifice of his own son. That's who deserves the praise. That's what to rejoice in. There, there's what to take confidence in. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, go to a break. We'll get to the top of the hour, or go get back on the break. We'll go to the top of the hour uh, talking about, uh, well, uh, what about taking pride in your work, being proud of your family? Be, what about uh, the difference between praise and flattery? We'll let uh, you chime in on that as we go on the other side of the break. Tim in the chat room, I think, has suggested a topic on providence. I think we may have done one on providence. Yeah, we have, and it's probably – I it know it's not time. available in our archives right now because our archives are not all oh, up I right like now. this feature. We can talk about anything we want now. Yeah, no, nobody could go back and check yeah. up on right. us. Oh, that, oh did yeah. they talk about that just a couple months? Well, I don't know. I can't prove it. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that might be a good one to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Thank uh, you, Tim, for that suggestion. And uh, when we get back, we'll talk to you. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So if you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church, but you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more, there's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Students who date in middle school have significantly worse study skills, are four times more likely to drop out of school, and report twice as much alcohol, tobacco, and marijuana use than their single classmates, according to a new research study by the University of Georgia. A group of 624 students was followed over a seven-year period from 6th to 12th grade. Each year, the group completed a survey indicating whether they had dated and reported the frequency of different behaviors, including the use of drugs and alcohol. Their teachers completed questionnaires about the students' academic efforts. According to the study, quote, at all points in time, teachers rated the students who reported the lowest frequency of dating as having the best study skills and the students with the highest dating as having the worst study skills. That information is from Religion Today. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 1 says, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near, when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. We're back on the program tonight, and we appreciate you for joining us. Hope this uh, study is helping you as we talk about uh, pride and the problems of it. Uh, now, you uh, did we catch all of those about uh, yeah. the... Uh, I think we did. I think we got that all Any all place of our that boasting is in. good? You got yeah. uh, Randy on that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's t- let's hurry because we're going to be out of time here in just a few minutes. But let's talk about what about the, the expression we use sometimes, taking pride in your work. Yes. You know, uh, one of the things we have to be careful about, you know, I told I started out the program saying my grandmother wouldn't even let you use the word proud. Well, 
sometimes words have have different usage, especially over time. Uh, here in Tennessee, an expression is common that really I don't think is a, a is bad. I don't use it because my grandmother conditioned me never to say proud. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you meet somebody in Tennessee, we say I'm proud to know you. Well, that's just you, a, we're yeah. using the word proud instead of happy. Do you say please. that, Anthony? I don't think I've ever said. I don't that. think I have either. But yeah, <laughs> it is a Tennessee probably. expression. I, I mean, don't know anybody else. No. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know where you guys have been. No, no. I've, I've heard, heard it. I've heard. Uh, it. I just uh, wonder if it's other other areas. Or not. I don't. I, I've never heard it in other parts of the country, but it's common in Tennessee. Someone yeah. says, "I'm proud to know you." Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's they're just using the word there means I'm pleased or happy to know you. And you know you couldn't say that that's a sinful. Maybe concept. it's something to do with us, Anthony. Maybe nobody's ever Maybe said no, that. Maybe proud to know you. Just, oh. yeah. And that and and I, I say that to say this expression. I take pride in my work, or you should take pride in your work. Doesn't you know? I, I suppose it could convey a, a bad meaning if you were haughty about what you were able to do. But you, that that expression is a figure of speech that means do your work well. You know. Uh, if you're going to do the job, do it to your best. Do the best you can on the job. And I really think that that notion is is conveyed in scriptures in Colossians chapter three, uh, verse twenty-two: Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, pleasing God or fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, and not unto men. I think that's the concept. It, you know, that's talking about your secular work. That's not talking about spiritual work. That's talking about the work you do in the world. Do it well. Do it to the uh, do it to the best you can. Mm-hmm. John, I think, has that idea in mind in the chat room. He said, uh, "It's good to note that in our English language that one of the usages of the word pride can also reference a respect for one doing the best he can. For instance, we are to seek to have a good name, Proverbs twenty two one, a good reputation, Acts six three, doing the best we can in general, Ecclesiastes nine ten. I think Ecclesiastes nine ten is where it says." What thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Is is that it? Look that up. Ecclesiastes nine ten. Knowing our good works are going to be seen by men. Matthew five fourteen and following. We should take pride in our yes, work. You are right. About do the best we can in all things, including our service to God. I think John's right. Uh, that that you know the idea of the, the, it's an expression. It's a figure of speech almost. Take pride in your work just means. Do, do your best work, you know, and God wants us to be that kind of person who does the best that he can. Right, right, absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, so what is, we got some email on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is, is this Ramona? Yeah, this Anthony, is Ramona. break it down for us. What do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I think um, certainly with as far as taking pride in your work, you know, I was thinking as you guys were talking when I was a kid having to mow the grass you know, my dad was always hoping that I would take pride in, you know. And I think eventually I finally learned the lesson, you know. I think <laughs> You one... didn't do it, though. You had a conscience against it, though, yeah. right? That's why you didn't want to mow the grass. <laughs> right. But, uh, but you know, and I, even with my kids, I'm, I'm hoping that they can learn to take pride in, you know, in their schoolwork and doing the chores around the house and whatnot. But so that's certainly, I think, a, a good thing. Um, you know, and the Bible teaches us, you know, again, as was mentioned in our secular work, we're to, you know, we're to work as though we're working for, for the Lord and we're not to, uh, to work with eye service as men pleasers and so forth. So, I, okay. you know, we I, definitely need to be hard workers. Jack in the chat room sums it up well, I think. We should always do our best because we do it unto the Lord. Taking pride in my work is doing my best. And we should always do our best. I must not think I'm better than others and that I realize all of my abilities come from God and he is due the real glory. If this is our attitude, then it is not wrong to take pride in, the, in our work. Okay. I think that's Thank a you, good Jack. summary. Uh, Ramona in email said, I think it'd be all right to take pride in your work, but first also give glory to God that you could do the good work. Be humble about it. Do not boast to others. And I think that's what we're talking about. We're, we're, it's not boasting. In other words, if I take pride in my work, it just says that I'm trying to put out the best product that I can. I'm just trying to provide the best service that I can. And that's what that expression means. I don't think that's a sinful expression. I don't think it's a sinful notion to say you're taking pride in your work. What about being proud of your children and your family? Yeah. Ramona says, give glory to God for your children and family. Be humble about it. Do not boast. So she says sort of the same thing. Anthony, you mentioned in your email that uh, that – there is a danger that we can sort of get, uh, well, have the wrong kind of pride about our family. 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. And we, you know, if we're we're all the time going around talking about the awards that our kids have how won, how smart they are, the and grades how, they got. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's just not appropriate. And uh, <coughs> I mean, we should. There's nothing wrong with feeling proud of your kids for doing good work. I mean, you know, among your own family and towards them. That's you know part of being a parent oh. is giving that positive feedback. But when it's when it's look what I've you know, look what my kids have done, and even you know, I'm not saying it's always wrong to tell somebody, hey, my kid, you know, won such and such, right. that, you know, but it's all about the attitude and uh, what we're trying to, you know, what our intentions. Are. Part of the maybe what we're doing here is we're interchanging the word proud and pleased sometimes. Uh, yeah, 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 that's, that's true. That's, that's a you good know, point. Yeah. Or happy with them, right, or yeah, grateful right. for or, them. I, I yeah. and that, and in my notes, that's what I I said. Or we, Use a different word. Use the word. I'm thankful for my family, yeah. for my children. I'm happy with yeah. my family, with my children. I feel blessed with my family and my children. There are a lot of other words that you can use that that don't have the potential to convey a a wrong uh, sentiment, uh, yeah. or or that might lead to something else. Uh, Randy says uh, we should look at we should look at First Corinthians ten verse thirteen. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that uh, that uh, should definitely be our objective when we think about uh, our work and our family. Yeah. It needs to be the glory of God. You know, in in regards to family, I, I think Anthony, uh, uh, something you said made me think that you know we want to be careful not to. Even toward our children, we want to commend them. We want to encourage them. Uh, we want to give them. Sometimes we use the expression "give them credit where credit is right. due," but but we also are in the business of teaching them to be humble. You know, that's an important character trait that, as parents, we've got to instill in our children. Well, if I'm all the time bragging on them and just building them up and ignoring their faults and downplaying their their failings, you know, if, if I could end up with a child who's haughty and proud and yeah. and i've done a bad job because that's what i emphasized rather than balancing this out and keeping and and stressing the idea of humility to, to the, our children right yeah. yep okay uh in the chat room uh tim asked the question what about putting pride in something outside of ourselves like pride in a nation that can that uh, can go well into boasting yeah i don't know about that you know i uh I, again, I would use it, when it comes to the nation. I would be use the words like grateful. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thankful that I, I feel blessed to live here. You so know? you would not want to sing "I'm proud to be an American." I'm proud to yo. Yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm starting that. Like you no, not we to sing definitely it. don't want him to sing. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Uh, Lee, Lee Greenwood. Lee Greenwood. Yeah, Lee yep, Greenwood. Right, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, no, uh, and, and uh, again, I, I don't know that the idea of of uh, uh, sort of. Uh, a, a national spirit of of uh, oneness, you know, is necessarily bad. I don't think it is necessarily. I think that I think there's some value in it, in fact. But I don't know the idea whether the idea of pride is the right word to use. Yeah, maybe it may be a misnomer there as well. But uh, you could, could could Lee Greenwood have said, "I'm glad to be an American." Doesn't sort that's, of that's, that's sound come across the same. Thing, but, okay. uh, I don't and, know. Prob- and probably purposely because he was trying to convey that idea, that notion of pride. Right. Uh, real quick, we're just out of time, Jacob. Is there a difference between praise and flattery? Connected with pride, this goes to what, what we might do to our kids or do to others. What about praising other people? Yeah. You know, praising other people for the good they did. We find that in the Bible. That's it's right to offer encouragement. I was thinking of the text that John mentioned in uh, in the chat room, First Thessalonians one six through ten, where Paul commended the Thessalonians for their faith and what they had done in service to the Lord. He praised them. Praise and encouragement is one thing. It can, I think, you got to balance that, or you could become guilty of flattery. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times uh, in the life of Jesus, his enemies approached him with false flattery. They were trying to manipulate the situation. I, I noted in uh, here Matthew twenty-two sixteen. Yes, and, and uh, Ramona did as well. The, the 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 disciples of the Herodians came and said, "Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the ways of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of man. Therefore, answer us a question: What thinkest thou? Is it?" Lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? They were trying to entrap him. Yeah, but they started out by flattering him. Yeah, yeah you know, and so it's one thing to to offer worthy praise and encouragement, 
we got to be careful about flattery. You got yeah. a couple real quick. Yeah, got, apparently, and Ramona pointed out that Jesus responded by saying, "Why tempt ye me, you hypocrites?" So apparently, Jesus understood that he uh, could see right through. Yeah, this was a temptation. Yeah. Yeah. Proverbs twenty six twenty eight: A lying tongue hateth those that are affected by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Proverbs twenty nine verse five. A man that flattereth, flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. In other words, he's using flattery to try and get an advantage over his neighbor. Okay. And uh, so we got to avoid flattery, yeah, obviously. Yeah, uh, Derek, uh, according to, uh, to Ramona, she says there's a difference between encouragement and flattery. The Greek definition of flattery means motives of self-interest. It generally is defined as false praise. Anthony, I think you said similar things. Yeah, and, but Anthony, you said in your email... Praise is simply commending someone for something. Flattery is insincere praise, usually excessive, intended to ingratiate the giver with the recipient. In other words, you got motives. You got right. motives. Definitely. Jack in the chat room says flattery seems to be for someone to get an advantage, like buttering up the boss. Flattery is for your benefit. Praise is seen to encourage or benefit someone else. Yeah. So the motive is the problem. Yeah. Great. We're out okay. of time. Good discussion tonight. Good program. I, I'm not going to say it was a great discussion because I wouldn't want to be <laughs> proudful, but it was a good discussion. Uh, and Dad, thank you for thank you for being back. Glad to have you here. Thanks, thanks for for your work tonight. And I think uh, a subject we all need. Anthony, thank you for joining us on the program. Oh, my pleasure. A great study. And I uh, hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word tonight. We will uh, hopefully see you here this time next week on another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study his inspired word of the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.